Hey, Chosen Girl fam. I'm Liz. I'm Sarah. And welcome to the Chosen Girl Tell Me About It podcast. We are two best friends passionate about having real conversations about where real life meets the gospel. Meet us here every Tuesday as we go to God's Word about different topics we all face. No matter if you're in the car or doing laundry around the house, we hope that you feel like you're sitting right across the table from us enjoying your Chick-fil-A sweet tea. Yes, girl. We would so love if y'all would take the time to rate and subscribe to the podcast. And don't forget about our free resources on our Instagram and at thechosengirl.com. Let's get this party started. Hey, Chosen Girl fam. Welcome back. It's Tell Me About It Tuesday. Um, Your girl, Liz and Sarah, are coming back from a weekend conference called Women of Joy and we are truly filled with joy so y'all buckle your yes. seatbelts um we're going on a trip here okay like <laughs> zooming through the sky little Einstein <laughs> that's right girl yes don't get <laughs> don't get us doing those TikTok dances we're two we're two millennials that 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 we're trying you know we're we're mm-hmm. just we're trying but um we are so excited to be back with you guys we feel like the Holy Spirit was just so evident this past weekend we feel truly filled and poured into and um we just are so thankful for you guys and the platform that you guys have given us to speak honestly and authentically about our struggles and our questions and um ultimately we hope that you know that that we're wanting to show you Jesus through this podcast and through everything we do so Thank you so much for the gift that is Chosen Girl, because we would only just be here talking to ourselves if it wasn't for you. (laughs) Absolutely. And you know, it's kind of crazy because whenever we first started, and even now, I I hope that you all feel that what, what you are hearing is the most authentic, like versions of us, because these are real conversations that we have with, between the two of us and with our, our friends and these are real life things that we're experiencing. And so we hope that you never feel that we are two know-it-alls or theologians or anything else telling you how to live your life. But we're just, we're two, two girls that love the Lord that are just trying to do right by him and share his, share his love, share more about his character, live out his truth and, um, and do it to the best of our ability. Yeah. We, we're trying y'all like, uh, we're just out here answering our own questions with with what we're going through in our hearts and in our spirits and and I'm hoping and and you know the past two years we found that you guys have the same questions too, and we serve a God that that is not a God of confusion. you know we may not see everything clearly while we're here on this earth and and on this side of heaven but but I think that God welcomes our questions, and yes. I think he's okay with our questions he's okay with our mess he um Jesus has made it very clear that we don't have to clean up to come to him. So, um, I'm very thankful for that fact. Um, just coming off of this conference guys, like we encourage you, if you don't already follow Lisa Turkhurst, if you don't follow Candace Payne, if you don't follow Lisa Harper, if you don't follow, um, what was her name? Kelly. Oh my goodness. Catherine. Catherine Wolf. Yes. Yes. Go follow those amazing women of God. We have learned so much from them this past weekend. Yes. Gleaned so Mandisa much. Mandisa too. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And Mandisa. Girly. We're here in Nashville, Mandisa. We want to have coffee with you. Okay. If anybody's <laughs> hearing this, they got the hookup to Mandisa. We love you, girl. Yes. Um, but just the vulnerability, the gift of authenticity in a community mm. of women in a world that, like, just like we talked about with Madison um, week last week, in a world that has painted everything to be so pretty and perfect, mm-hmm. just sitting down and listening and having real conversations with people who are not afraid to tell you about their anxiety or their depression yeah. or their doubts about God even, their struggle with forgiveness, mm-hmm. their hardships, like all of this is so real. And we hope that you guys know that we try to give you the realest version of ourselves as well to help you so much so that like somebody the other day was talking to Liz and could not believe that we don't (laughs) like pause these recordings like y'all when we press record you're getting it you're getting exactly what we we talk about like we don't pause we don't cut we don't copy or paste or any of those things like this is it so if we burp we burp if we drop something we drop something so 
If you're uh -huh. if you've been with us for a long time, you remember that those trains and the sirens, <laughs> yeah. And the motorcycle rallies all of yes. it in the background <laughs> yes that's the devil trying to be like <laughs> not today but we're like no you not today okay so exactly um today we are excited to have a chat about something we have never talked about before on chosen girl um as y'all know if you if you're a listener and and if you're if you haven't if you're joining us for the first time today first welcome yeah um, we're, we're so, so glad to have here. you but two weeks, we started a mini series about toxicity and we called it truth is great. Truth, greater sign, greater than toxicity. And we talked about first, you know, how we can be toxic with ourselves, with our thoughts, with shame, with mm -hmm. guilt, with our image of ourselves. We took a break last week, a very awesome break to welcome Maddie with me to sister as a guest on our podcast. But today we're going to continue that truth is greater than toxicity ch chat and, and talk about something that we don't mean to be disrespectful to because we love the big C church. We are the big C church mm -hmm. and we're going to talk more about that, but we're going to talk about toxic religious culture. Well, we're not afraid to talk about it because we love the big C church and we are a part of it and to deny that that the humanness that is a part of that is really to deny like the reason we're here it's because we're imperfect and that we we need a savior and we have a savior who is here um and it's we also uh, it's not fair to to god to to go through this life and to disregard the ways that we may have unintentionally disrespected him or what he is intended for the church to be and that's never you know it's not it's not we're not here to to call people out and make people feel bad or anything like that but the reality is that there because we're human because we're messy that there are some things that we just have messed up and that our our theme is really that we haven't been called to perfection as individuals as pastors as a part as the big c church we're not called to perfection but we're called to progression absolutely continued fight to do to what god has called us to to put his holiness over and righteousness far above anything else he is worthy of all of our praise and he's he allows us to come with open arms with our messy selves um and all i always think about um slightly unrelated but I, when i was growing up i had a great white pyrenees and oh, her it was so was sweet oh my gosh sweetest sweet. she was meant to be my my sheep and goat dog we loved her too much pet her too much she guarded us not the sheep um yeah. but i always thought about the number of times that when it rained she loved to get roll in all the muddy puddles you know great pyrenees are white and she would r run after us and just ready to love all on us with messy selves and all and that is what i love that god comes in in jesus both of them with open arms yes ready to just embrace us messy selves and all and that we should just run freely she didn't have to go shake herself off before she came to me and i wish she had tried but she never <laughs> did <laughs> that's what we love that's why we're so excited to talk about some of these things with with the big c church so so that we can um address them i always like to say that it's hard to to fix something that you haven't identified um, and you can't address it if you don't know what it is. And so yeah. not, it's not that it's our job to fix the big C church, but we can definitely start with our own individual actions because that's sure. something that we have control over. Yeah. I mean, y'all, we, we're going to talk about more of like what the church is and, and how much we love our local church. And, um, and, and we hope that you have a local church that you love as well. Mm -hmm. Um, because Hebrews 10, 24, it, it says, don't neglect meeting with fellow believers don't don't neglect that part of your life we need other people in community with us mm -hmm. and the church does so much good for our local communities in so many ways but that doesn't mean that we can't be mature and not mm -hmm. be gossipy or not be um, judgmental and saying that a lot of us have been hurt by yeah. not only people in the faith but organizations of faith and and all of that really comes down to what we have done with with religion and what we have done with the gospel and not who Jesus is himself. So we're going to humble ourselves. I gotta, I gotta confess to you guys though, guys, we, this has been something that has been boiling in my spirit, like just ready to explode. Um, and I'm not proud of how I've been feeling about this lately, seeing things on social media, even seeing things on TikTok, making fun 
of church culture, but y'all, it's so sad that a lot of it's true Mm -hmm. of us being judgmental or of us saying really inappropriate things of us um, calling out other people's sin and refusing to address our own as if we are perfect. And so this reputation that church and religion is getting has been irking at my soul and honestly breaking my heart um, mm-hmm. for, for the majority of this year, just because I know that if you guys are, are active on social media, you see these type of things, you see the arguments in the comments. And I'm just like, this is not what Jesus had in mind. Right. This is not what we had in mind at all. So going into, um, women of joy this weekend, I had that so evident on my heart. I knew that me and Liz were about to have this conversation about it. Um, we, we have been having conversation about it and wanted to, bring it to you guys to the table as respectfully as we could Mm -hmm. not disrespecting the church or religion whatsoever because the church is holy. We are the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. We, the people have been called to be Jesus's hands and feet, but that doesn't disregard the fact that we do it wrong because we are human. And walking into that conference this week, my heart was in the wrong place. I was really um, starting to grow very, bitterly embarrassed of how we have conducted ourselves as Christians, especially with this past election, with how we've handled the coronavirus, and just not stepping up with some bigger issues, even, you know, racial discrimination, um, um, sexist discrimination, you know, so many things that we haven't stepped up on the way that... who am I that I would prefer that we stand up on. And I was just so humbled this weekend reminding reminded my reminding myself that I am human too. And mm-hmm. even with Chosen Girl, I am going to mess up. We are all human and we are a church made up of humans. And our job is only to direct people to the one who is perfect. To yes. the one who can you know, forgive our transgressions, the one that can see us as righteous because of his sacrifice. And so I encourage you all to kind of have a roast of yourself like I did in my brain and heart this weekend, thinking about how imperfect you are and thinking about how you've gotten it wrong and how much you are in need of a savior because I'm there (laughs) y'all. Like I needed to be humbled. That's so real. I love, I love that analogy about how we are the receptionists. And I think we had already talked about that a couple episodes ago, um, that it's our job to point people to, to God, to admit and to make room for them. Um, it's not our job to diagnose people. It's not our job to prescribe medicine and, and all these other things. And that's not saying that, um, that your the spiritual leaders in your life don't have the wisdom to help guide you. But whenever we take a moment, we're like, oh yeah, you get humbled real quick when you realize that you may be trying to play a role that God never asked you to play. For sure. And I'm like, oh, I'm calling myself out, y'all. I'm crazy. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'm, I'm a two, but I'm, I'm also one of those people, I'm like, if there is a problem, don't bring me your problems. This is something I have to work on myself because I get really irritated when people bring me problems and I jump to, to go and fix when they really just wanted me to listen. And I had to get out of the habit of that. And I still fall short in that area because I do it out of a place of love, but that may not be what they're at, what they've asked for. And so that same situation can happen with us and God that we, we feel we're like, yes, God, like your word says this. And so this is how I'm going to respond. But we, we say that we're, we think that we're doing out of love, but sometimes you have to heart, have a heart check for God to say, that's not what I asked you to do here. Yeah, for sure. Um, as Liz and I were studying today, I was looking up some, some, uh, books of the Bible in my message Bible. And if you have a message Bible, um, like a physical one, there are little introductions written by the people who wrote or who translated the message Bible. And it's like a little, um, trailer, if you will, like a, like a, written trailer, kind of a Netflix description, if you will, to what's coming in that book. And, and the book of Hebrews was written and and so many other books that we'll reference for you guys in the Bible written for us to help us with practical advice on what do we do when we get in this pickle. And Mm -hmm. y'all, there are so many books in the new Testament that are for us to apply that advice because uh, newsflash, these books were written centuries ago, which tells me the church has always been getting it wrong. 
So we're not the first ones, y'all. We just do it in a new way. Someone just got hurt by that one, but it's the truth. Yes, yes. We've, we've always had some areas of flaws, and it's because we're all human beings. So before mm-hmm. we get into what the church is, y'all heard us kind of use the term Big C Church. I'm going to read these couple of paragraphs, and I'm going to make it, re- I'm going to use my best English teacher reading voice so that I don't lose you guys. And so this, this is putting into words kind of exactly what Liz and I have been feeling as this kind of burden for the modern day church. So here we go. It seems odd to have to say so, but too much religion is a bad thing. Can I get an amen, anybody? That that wasn't in there. I just said it. Um, We can't get too much of God. We can't get too much of faith and obedience. We can't get too much of love and worship. But religion, the well-intentioned efforts we make to quote-unquote get it all together for God, can very well get in the way of what God is doing for us. Isn't that the truth, you guys? Like we just get in the way sometimes of what God's doing. The main and central action is everywhere and always what God has done, what God is doing, and what God will do for us. Jesus is the revelation of that action. Our main and central task is to live in responsive obedience to God's action revealed in Jesus. Our part in the action is the act of faith. Jesus makes it so simple for us. But more often than not, we become, here we go, y'all. It's calling us out. This is, I'm not saying this. It's the intro to Hebrews, y'all. But more often than not, we become impatiently self-important along the way and decide to improve matters with our two cents worth. We add on, we supplement, we embellish. Isn't that what we've done, you guys? We take the simplicity of what God has done and we add our two cents to it. But instead of improving on the purity and simplicity of Jesus, we dilute the purity and clutter the simplicity. We become fussily religious or anxiously religious. We get in the way. That's when it's time to read and pray our way through the letter of Hebrews again, written for quote-unquote two religious Christians, for the Jesus-and Christians, and it explains what Jesus-and Christians are. In the letter, it is Jesus and angels, or Jesus and Moses, or Jesus and politics. Does this sound familiar, anybody? Or Jesus and education, or even Jesus and Buddha. This letter deletes all of the hyphens and the add-ons. The focus becomes clear and sharp again. God's action in Jesus. And listen to this, guys. And we are free once more for the act of faith. The one human action in which we don't get in the way, but on the way. Capital W way. Isn't that beautiful? It really is. And I apologize for how lengthy that was, but I can't imagine a better way to more respectfully put exactly what we've been feeling and probably a lot of you too. We're probably not the only ones. And I want to add a disclaimer before we jump in. We're not here to be superheroes of our religion. We're not here to be a lawyer for Jesus. We're just here to remind ourselves, Liz and myself, and hopefully inspire you to let's get back to the roots of simplicity of our job description as a Christian. And it's just to be obedient and have faith. Yes. It's, it, it almost sounds too good to be true. When you put it that way. Yeah, it says we're free once more. And I'm like, we've added such a burden to faith. Mm -hmm. When when you were going through um, the intro to Hebrews, and it made me think about the all of the legalistic things. And I know a while back we had talked about how whenever we moved into the new um, the New Testament, that it became love was over the law. Mm-hmm. that the law, the, the rules and all the messy things, but you're right. So when we add our two cents in, I mean, honestly, that's how we've gotten all these different denominations. Can you play, can you play instruments in church? What do you need to wear? What kind of baptism? What kind of, you know, what kind of songs do you sing? All these different things. But if we push all of that aside, we can really get to the root of what we're supposed to be doing here. And, um, and you're absolutely right. So now that we've talked a little bit about, you know, what the church is, um, I think we should also talk about a little bit of what we've been called to as the church. For sure. As the Big C Church. And um, I, I was doing a little research before we met, and 
I found Ephesians 4, and this goes down in from uh, verses 11 through 16, but I really love, I honestly didn't even get past 11 and 12 because it really sent me looking for some additional answers. And I'll read the verse and I'll explain a little bit more about what I found as I kept digging. <clears throat> in verse 11, it says, now these are the gifts Christ gave the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Yeah. When you look at it like that, that's so simple. And so I thought, well, what exactly does it mean to be an apostle, a prophet, evangelist, pastor, a teacher, you know, and, and within those roles, do we all fit? I think that's the question I started to ask myself. Um, and so I went through and I looked up the definition of all of these, of these four words and put them into more of a, a simplistic way of thinking about it. So um, just for definitions, an apostle um, was, is the first Christian, the one um, that introduces. The prophet um, proclaims the will of God and, or makes some sort of claim. And a way to think about that is that they help provide vision, tangible vision That's um, yeah. to, to what the Lord is trying to do. Um, if you are evangelizing, then that means that you are, your role is to convert. Um, and so that, that means working with those who actively don't believe or have an opposition to the, the truth of God. And then if you are a pastor or a teacher, you're there to educate those who are ready to believe or are, are already believers so that they will grow to have a stronger love for God. Yeah. And I think when you think about it, that's simple. Someone who's introducing, one that's helping to provide vision, one that's helping to convert, um, and the one that's helping to um, educate. I think we can all find a place where we fit into the body of Christ, the big C church. Yeah. That no one is exempt without a role here. And even, um, <clears throat> I'm sure if any of you are around children, you know, for me personally, I've always worked with, with kids but I can't think of a single time when in any instance that I haven't taken something away from a, from a child when working with them, even they have something to contribute to the church, even if they don't realize that they're contributing it. Yeah. Um, the way I just talked about my dog snowball, <laughs> snowball taught me uh, something yeah. about the way that God loves us. And so there's so many upper, I mean, not that I'm not saying that snowball is part of the big C church. She might be, but I don't know. That's it. That's a whole nother conversation. That's, yeah, I've learned a lot about God from my dog. I just got to right? say that. Yeah. <laughs> so I think that w when we start thinking about what is the role of the church at the end of the day, again, verse 12, our responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church. And I think that whenever we start thinking about church culture and what <clears throat> in some instances can become toxic, there has been a riff in that, that job right there yeah. is that maybe people don't feel like they are that God's people are working together. They may not feel like they are building up the church. Mm -hmm. um, and that's like we mentioned earlier, that's what happens when we really begin to get ourselves in the way or get in the way ourselves. Yeah. And you know, we're, we're going to talk about more like of how do we have a good thermometer of, of when toxic things are going on in religion or church, or even, even in a, in a good um, accountability relationship that you may have, um, that's like more spiritual accountability, but something that I wrote down Liz, and, and I think that Jesus has so much grace for us in that. But what I'm afraid of is that humans won't have grace for this with church culture. And that's what, that's what breaks my heart so much is that we may be driving people away in our mm -hmm. efforts to um, be these superheroes for Jesus um, and our faith. Um, and I, I wrote down that our hearts are right, but our methods are often wrong. You know, just like that intro said, we so often become impatiently self-important along the way. And instead of trying to improve the world around us with the truth of God's word, we mix God's word with our own opinion, mm -hmm. with our own politics, with our own um, belief system. And, and it kind of gets jaded with our own experiences when really the truth of the gospel is enough. Yes. And I'm not saying that your own experiences aren't important. I'm not saying that your own views on politics or education or 
you know, even your personal preferences, like, mm-hmm. yeah, God gave you the personality that he gave you for a reason, but also which one is more imp- important, your opinion or the truth of God's word. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's, what's gotten twisted. So I wrote down that, that so much of that, you can trace it back to fear. You can trace mm-hmm. it back to the fear of, um, you know, not being good enough of trying, like I said, trying to be this superhero for God and, and, and trying to prove our worth in that you can even, um, get it twisted due to the fear of, of the church itself, you know, losing attendance or I hate to say it, but losing monetary donations or, um, you know, things like that. But we use methods as a tool instead of as a principle to be applied for revival and change. And I really do think that the majority, like if you've been, first of all, if you've been hurt by church or by a Christian or by religion, I just want to, on behalf of, of all of those things, I just want to say, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. I know that that's real and you are not crazy. And, yeah. <laughs> and there are people right there with you that, that have been hurt as well, because the thing is, the church is the body of Christ. We're made up of humans and we are all sinful. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We are hurt people and sometimes hurt people hurt people, Mm -hmm. you know? And I really do believe that, that most of the church hurt was, was committed with a good heart and a wrong method. And that Mm -hmm. doesn't make your hurt invalid. And that doesn't make what they did right. But I hope that you know that, I, th- I feel like the vast majority of people in church leadership do it with the best of intentions. I've seen that firsthand in my life with, with the pastors and the, and the leaders that have been in my life. And, um, and I, I am sorry that you've been hurt, but, but ultimately, and we'll get, we'll get to this at the end, but spoiler alert, the whole, the whole point of this whole talk is to direct us toward Jesus and mm-hmm to stop looking around and start looking up because the only perfect example that will never let us down is Jesus. Amen. So spoiler alert, that's, that's the answer. So, but we'll continue on with this toxic talk. So anyway, so, so Liz, our, you know, we've kind of talked about what is the church. It's the people, it's the body of Christ. It's, it's who Jesus you know, ask Peter to build his rock upon something really cool about church. You know, we're called the bride of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, Matthew sixteen eighteen says, not even the gates of hell will, can prevail against his church. Um, Acts 20, 28 says that we are the overseers of what Jesus has done for us. Ephesians mm-hmm. two twenty says that we are the, like you said, the foundation um, with the disciples and the prophets and Jesus is the cornerstone. Mm-hmm. So obviously the church is important to God. We're the bride of Christ. He's returning for right. his church. You know what I'm saying? I sure do. So like, like the church is important to God and as, as an ideal. So really quick, let's review. I know that we've said a few things, but like, you know, what is our role as a Christian with this misunderstood religion? So that's so it's like the concept of church is so often misunderstood because of how some people have been jaded in the yes. past. You know, I think I wish I'd looked this verse up. I cannot remember. We talked about it a couple of weeks ago, but um, anytime I, I begin to think about what is my job here, sometimes um, I will tell myself I get, I can get easily distracted by the things of this world, by my job, by my role with, um, just in life as a friend, as a daughter, as, you know, Sarah's partner in Chosen Girl and all these things. And it is easy to be distracted to forget that our job on this earth is to love God first and to love your neighbor as yourself. Absolutely. Jesus and spoke those words himself. So that's obviously very important. Yeah. Yeah. So when, when we're thinking about this role and how, how did we get to a misunderstood culture. Like, like I mentioned earlier, I'm a problem solver kind of thinker. And I understand that we are misunderstood, but I don't care that we're misunderstood as much as I care about why we might be misunderstood so that we can do actions so that we're no longer described as such. And I think sometimes it's like you mentioned earlier with the tools in which we thought we were using to love people. And I think um, about the song, uh, Casting Crowns, Jesus Friend of Sinners. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, if we put down our sign, cross over the line and love like 
like you did, like Jesus did. Yes. That this world would look so different and our culture wouldn't be defined the same way. Um, we are not we are not perfect people and God never called you to perfection. But as long as you put forth your very best effort using every tool that the Lord has given you, which he has given you us a lot, a lot of tools. Um, and even as a young Christian, and if you're hearing this, we are one of those tools that's in your arsenal, <laughs> hopefully yes. helping point you back to the word of God in an approachable way. Um, but our job here is, is to love people and point people back to Christ. We talk about those different roles, introducing people to Christ, um, sharing God's vision. If you, you have, everyone has been given a gift. Using your gift for the Lord is one of the easiest and most fulfilling ways to, to worship God in that format, but also to help grow the Big C Church. Absolutely. And if you don't know what your gift is, ask the Lord. Um, and to, to be the person that you needed um, or that you need right now in this season. Uh, we mentioned this earlier. That's what Sarah and I are, that's what we love to come to you all with, are the things that we, we need as individuals. Um, but you don't have to have a, a podcast to do that. It can be just as simple as you talking to your coworker and they may be a new Christian or you might invite them to your small group. You might invite them to church. You take them out to lunch. And even if they're not a Christian, being Christ-like towards them. Yes. Even when, when they bring you their problems, being diligent and praying with them, praying for them. Um, and when you mess up, not being afraid to say, I messed up, asking for forgiveness from if, if you've messed up with another person, just go to them and be like, you know, I was wrong. I did this. Will you please forgive me? You might just be surprised with how many people actually say yes. Yes. It's show it. That's one of the, it, it's just showing people love. And so I think it's not that, um, I don't want to just say disregarding for, you know, our, our intentional time with uh, prayer and with studying, with congregating with one another, as Sarah's already mentioned, all of those things are a part of the ways that we can continue to show that we love God and that we hold him in the highest part of our hearts. Yes. Um, but again, we don't have to complicate it. You're so right. We have so complicated it. And, and you know, Liz, I, I said this earlier about how, you know, there are so many, like literally the majority of the New Testament is letters to us about when we get it wrong. You know, Paul and Peter, they saw these churches in in Colossae and, and Thessalonica and, and Romans and, and all of these places where the church was starting to spread and the gospel was starting to spread. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, make sure that you don't fall into temptation. Make sure mm -hmm. that you don't get too prideful. Make sure that you don't get too haughty. And, you know, I wrote down this fact that is so true that God did not ask for this unhealthy expectation of perfectionism in the church. And I'm so impressed with, with some of the, the pastors that I've seen in, in, um, in the church, the modern day church that we're, we're living in today. You know, I was telling you earlier about, um, a story of a very public church, um, that has a lot of, of, uh, of locations and one of the pastors messed up very badly and and the lead pastor was like wow yeah we let some things slip under the rug like we didn't have good accountability mm -hmm. and i'm taking full responsibility for that and and in the past i think that what christians have maybe um as a whole and i don't want to i hate stereotypes so i'm not trying to group please don't take me that way everybody but but sometimes we get we are so guilty of of trying to hide when we mess up so that when people say oh well the church hurt me in this way or i i'm kind of jaded from this with church and we try to say no 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 we aren't like that we aren't that that didn't happen that's not what we meant by that and we get so defensive that we forget to fess up to our imperfections Mm -hmm. and just say, you know what? Yeah, we did mess up. And, and I've, I've been so guilty of so many times saying like, no church isn't like that, but you know, sometimes it, it, sometimes it is because we are not perfect. And, and so, so many times we forget that we are supposed to be directing people to the promises of God and not the people of God. And, and that's something that Candace Payne spoke on this weekend is, is to warn us, like, don't misplace the promise of God with the people of God. Don't take the people of God as an idol and, and forget, 
you know, the majesty and the holiness of who God is himself and, and how Jesus, that's the whole reason God sent Jesus is to be our perfect example for us. We don't have to be the perfect example. Our God's strength, actually, it's written down that it shines through our weakness like a broken vessel. And so if we can just be honest about our imperfections, not that we want to be imperfect. We want to be perfect just like our father's perfect. But when we do mess up, say, man, this is how much I need God's grace. Look at how much grace and how much forgiveness he has given me. And just to think that he would even want to use me, this imperfect vessel, praise God for his forgiveness. If we could just say that instead of saying, oh, well, let me justify my mistake. Let me put a reason to it. Let me tell you why it's okay. Let me try to lie and cover it up. Mm -hmm. You know? Oh, girl, that's so real. I'm just thinking about like the other disciples and I'm just like, Jesus handpicked people who had made major mistakes in their, yes. like, as his inner circle during his time on earth. Honey, what would ever make you think that you are too bad for Jesus to love? Well, to even, yes, even just like we talked about during Holy Week with Mary Magdalene, she mm-hmm. had had seven demons inside of her possessing her, and she mm-hmm. is the one who Jesus chose to be the first one to spread the gospel message. Oh my gosh, what a redemption story. And we're even embarrassed to tell people that like, oh my goodness, I'm in counseling. Or, oh my goodness, I went through a season of depression. Or, I messed up. And, you know, like we're, we're afraid to tell people of our faults when God is like, please use them as your testimony. Please yes. turn and repent and try your best in your sinful nature not to sin again. Mm-hmm. However... I want to use your brokenness so my strength can shine through so people can say, God can even use me. God can even forgive me. God can even love me. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, that, that kind of answers the question of how do we respond to our friends who have been jaded? And I hope that in our love for them and our love for Jesus that we can explain to them and humble ourselves and and point them to the fact that we are human. Please don't look at us. Mm-hmm. Look at Jesus in us and look at what he has accomplished for us on our behalf so that we can be made right with God. Because I'm right there with you. I'm screwed up. Like, I, like, I don't know when people say things like, you know, I need to behave a little bit more before I go to church. I'm like, no, you are the perfect candidate. Because I'm screwed up too. If you only knew the mental struggle I've had this week. Yeah. That's if so you, you know, and, and I, I think that that's why the Bible pleads with us to confess our sins to one another. Of course, like, be careful with that. Like, don't announce everything on Facebook by any means. But, but just letting us know, like, why are we trying to be perfect out here? It's accomplishing nothing. Mm-hmm. And it's probably yeah. causing more harm than good if you really think about it. For real. You know, I've, when I look back on my life and um, when, especially when using discernment, when, when sharing and, you know, the, the things that we've done wrong and our insecurities and, and just being vulnerable, we are always so afraid that someone's going to use that against us. But never once has, again, I say this when using your discernment, don't just don't go spreading everything about yourself to everybody putting on Facebook, but never once has anyone used that to hurt me. And every time that I have used, when I've shared and used those as opportunities to glorify God, he's always used it for good. Yes. It has strengthened a friendship. It has enabled someone to, to finally feel like they can take a fresh, to take a breath and spill their guts. Like, let's just be real. Sometimes it, yeah. all it is, is just having, having cookies and coffee, you know, on your couch and you share one thing that makes you, that, that you might be ashamed of. And you, once you open up that, that the floodgates of vulnerability, that's where so much progress can really happen. Um, it, it breaks down a wall. It absolutely does. And, and- Go ahead, girl. Well, I was just going to say, not just a wall between people, but sometimes walls that we unintentionally put up between God, as if he doesn't know. Mm, That's real. 
and our friend Maddie, I know I've referenced her a couple of times. We just love her so much. And that we talk feels so fresh <laughs> on my mind from last week. I loved going back and re-listening to that. But on her podcast, Me Too Sister, we have it in the show notes of last week's episode. She talks, she has an episode that talks about healthy vulnerability. And it is mm-hmm. so packed with wisdom and practicality. I urge you guys that if you have anxiety about vulnerability, like I do, go back and listen to that. It really helped me. Um, but Liz, I want, you know, I know that we've talked about a lot and, and we want to end with some practical advice, but before we start to wrap up, Liz, how do we know what to do when, when we sense that something in church or religion is toxic, how, how we may know that we're in a toxic situation? Yeah. So, um, one of the things is that politics rule the roost. You find that, you know, loyalty is kind of more important than justice. And if your job in church, if there may, if there's something that is not, that you don't feel like is biblically correct and you can't go directly to your church leaders about it, but you have to start making people happy. You have to whisper something to sister Cindy to tell brother Tom to tell somebody else, because if you don't do that, then someone else along the line gets offended. That's a good, that's pretty toxic. I'm just, I'm not, I'm just going to be honest. For sure. Um, yeah. That could be a bad sign, but um, sometimes what is said in public um, is not the same as what happens in private. Yeah. Um, that's hard. Yeah. And that's um, another word for hypocrisy. Um, it's, and I'm not to say that if, if there has ever been an example of this in your church, that your church is toxic and you need to leave. Absolutely not what I'm saying. I'm going to reiterate again that we are humans here and we don't always get it right. But to whenever you hear of these things, of some of these things that I'm mentioning, um, and it's if the Holy Spirit has, has rustled something in you, go talk to your church, to your pastor or an elder or some, a church a leader in your church about these things. Um, sometimes whenever you, when there's a big, a great divide, when there's a them and an us, um, I feel like this is one of the things that, it doesn't, you don't just walk into church one day and there's a right side and a left side. This isn't a Twix bar here. Like it's a, <laughs> it's a slow fade. It, you know, it just it, cultures and ideas and things that aren't addressed. That's it, they fester. And that is what can become of that. Um, and then the last thing I had is when no one takes responsibility. And a lot of what we've been talking about today is all about taking responsibility for what's happening. And we know that there, you know, I, I love to say that we can't hold, um, dead things or people to living standards. Um, but in the instance that you feel like someone's not taking responsibility for something that is, uh, that may be causing harm, then it might be like, Oh, there might be something under, I feel like I need to pray about it. And I need to go to a church elder, go to, um, a pastor or go to somebody. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. Um, I'm making her laugh. I'm so sorry, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, look, this is the reality of what's going on here. But it's so important that whenever we we find that someone's not taking responsibility for what's happening in, in the church, um, either taking it seriously or blaming it on, on all the other things, that can also be a t- sign that things are getting toxic. And so, like I said, whenever you find that, oh, some of these things might describe my church, or some of these things might describe a relationship I have with somebody. This could literally apply to so many facets of our lives. Um, there is always something that you can do. I'm gonna say it again, y'all. Y'all know what I'm about to say. If you've been here for a while, you can change your situation. Um, you can change your perspective, or you can do nothing. And as a part of the body of Christ and a part of the Big C Church, we have an obligation to do everything in our power to make sure that we are aligning with the truth best very very best of our ability and so that means that stepping out on a ledge and addressing addressing that face-to-face with somebody I cannot remember if it's in Matthew you know go to that person individually you can go to them with a with a group if someone you know shares with your concern you don't have to gossip with you don't have to share it with everybody I'm gonna I'm call I'm gonna call somebody some southern woman out and some and, and pay, you know I'm gonna call myself out too I know that we've all had that situation where you say, I'm praying for, I need, I'm going to talk to you about something because I need to, we need to be praying for X so-and-so. And then you continue to share all the details about something that may be going on in their life. Like, 
it is, it's re really what we need to do is gather with one another, go to leadership, to the source of where your problems, where we can actually resolve these things um, yeah. and not let them fester. But, and then lastly, take control of it yourself. If you feel like you're in an environment where, um, where you have to play politics, don't play politics. Yeah. It's okay to go against the grain. If you are in a situation where what happens in public um, is different than what happens in private, then it's okay to reference the conversations. Um, I, I say private lightly, I'm not saying like throw out anybody's business, but holding people to a standard where they honor their word, especially when they are also others of like when they're a part of the body as well. Um, if you find a them in, a, in an us, cross the line. Don't buy into it. Um, and when you, when you find that someone's not taking responsibility, again, holding people to the standard and reminding, um, being active and, and reminding us that why we're here, we're here for God and not ourselves. It's easy to get distracted. I've talked about how I get distracted myself and we're, we're a body made up of other humans. So don't be afraid that you won't be backed up by other people when you were doing the work of God, because when you're doing the work of God, you are backed up by the person that you're there for you yeah. don't have to worry about anything else and you know guys like we are only responsible for ourselves if you feel burdened like we do for the for the church and and the reputation of the church the only human we can control is ourselves mm -hmm. and so i think about the moments when someone might be having a conversation in public and saying well you know christianity culture it's so toxic it's so demanding there's such high expectations there's such hypocrisy and i have been in those moments where i hear someone say i know and i'm just going to use liz because this is the truth i know liz sanders and she loves the lord and she is not like that at all and she has shown me the love of Christ in the most authentic way. And that one testimony of someone knowing your love for Christ and your love for others, mm -hmm. the top two commandments that Jesus gave us could be the defining factor in a argument or a conversation uh, that bashes Christianity and, and the culture that, that we've, we've kind of built as a bad reputation. I think one of the number one tools as well is the gift of Holy Spirit. Amen. And how, if you, if you're hearing all of this and you're thinking, wow, the, a lot of this is really familiar in my church right now. You know, the answer might not necessarily be quitting your church and moving to another church. Mm -hmm. That may be the answer. You could be the solution for your church going mm -hmm. to talk with, like Liz said, like with an elder or leader or pastor. Um, but don't, don't write it off. Don't write, especially don't write off church altogether. Because like we said, and you know, it's in Hebrews itself. Don't, don't neglect the meeting of, of, of believers. Mm -hmm. It is so important to have that church family when you're going through something, to have that accountability, to have that small group. It is absolutely priceless. And I think if you think about it in the most purest of terms, it is so beautiful that a group of broken people can come together to worship such a sovereign and loving God who loves us despite of our unrighteousness and who loved us so much to send his own son to make us righteous with him. Mm -hmm. And that is such a beautiful gift. So guys, let go of the expectation that, that you can fix Christianity as a whole. You can only control you and you can be the receptionist for people to get to God. Stay humble and don't, don't become bitter toward the beautiful thing that God created to be his church. Amen. I encourage you guys to pray with us for the church, to pray that this generation coming up, y'all, we wildin', like we are ready to yes. be the church that God intended for us to be. And I think that's so awesome. And also I encourage you guys, this will be in the show notes, but look at the letters of advice that have already been written to us as the body mm -hmm. of Christ, just to name a few directly written to the earliest churches, Romans, first and second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, first and second Thessalonians, Hebrews. And then there's so many letters written to people like Timothy and Titus who were being messengers of the gospel to the early church too. So, so there, that is literally what the new Testament is for. 
is for advice to us as God's people. And I uh, encourage you guys, if you have trouble understanding God's word, find a translation that works for you. Mm. Liz loves the ESV. I love the message. I love the NIV. Um, the passion translation is absolutely beautiful. And this is God's inspired word to his people. And um, I think that God wants you to be able to read and understand it. So mm -hmm. um, find a translation that you love and that you trust and, and get in the work. Cause it, y'all it's hard being a human. Yeah. And we've been given this word that is, it's amazing that they, this practical advice was written hundreds and hundreds of years ago. And it's still it applies true. today. Mm -hmm. The church of Hebrews, like, or the book of Hebrews was written to the church that had become too religious and had put in their own stamp on God's word. And that is still happening today, y'all. There, there's nothing new under the sun. So, you know, let's, let's band together. Let's pray. Let's be humble. Let's not grow bitter toward this amazing thing that God has created. And it, it, it sounds cheesy and it sounds like something it, that you'd hear at vacation Bible school, but it does start with you. Mm -hmm. It starts with us. And we're going to mess up and that's okay. That gives yeah. us, a, that gives us a chance to show God's grace even more. So I hope this guy, this has encouraged you guys as much as it has myself, because my heart was, was getting a little bit tore up about it, to be completely honest. And next week, we are so excited to finish off our toxicity series with toxic world culture. We're going to talk mm -hmm. about standards, discrimination, cancel culture. We're going to talk, we're bringing it out y'all. All, all the things. Girl, this is so good. I'm like, somebody cue Michael Jackson's man in the mirror. I'm uh, like, uh, you know, take a look at yourself and, and make a change. Yes, that key <laughs> change, though, that gets me, you know. <laughs> Girl, right. Uh, Y'all, this has been so great. And we've loved having being able to have this conversation with you. We hope that you join us for um, the last uh, part of this series. But um, we hope that you also feel inspired to go forth and to, to be that change. Um, and to show the, the love of God. When Michael Jackson at the end, he's like, make that change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's going to be your outro music. It's official. Okay. <laughs> we love you guys. Cue man in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. That's it for today, fam. Thank you so much for listening and make sure to rate and subscribe. And don't forget to visit us on Instagram at Chosen Girls Movement or on our website to see our merch and free resources. And meet us back here next Tuesday.